The first wedding that I had after the coronavirus pandemic had kind of lifted was, was a unique one. First, there just weren't a, a ton of people, you know, they were trying to social distance and all that sort of thing. And then you couldn't have a reception because the reception halls were actually kind of closed and, you know, all the, the different restrictions they had. So the first wedding I had, the reception was in the groom's parents' garage and just kind of spilled out onto the driveway. And there was maybe 35, 40 people there. And, you know, it was a, it was a beautiful thing and you just did the best with what you could. And they had one of the, I think one of the, uh, the bride's cousins was the DJ. And so he had like a playlist ready to go. And, you know, I, it, was a, it was a unique time in history. It was all of that. So I wanted to try to see, like, I want to make this as fun as possible. You know, let's make sure everybody's having a great time. So a particular song comes on. I was like, I'm going to dance. And maybe 35 seconds into that, I realized I shouldn't have done that because I dislocated my kneecap as I was twisting and, you know, and just hobbling along. I mean, it was just, it was not good. Um, and uh, so I went to the doctor, you know, went to the family doctor. Well, how'd you do this? I had to tell him. And then, of course, you go to the, to the whatever, the, the osteo, whatever, the, the joint doctor. How'd you do this? I have to tell him. And, you know, eventually they do an MRI and they realize, well, you, you dislocated your kneecap, which I think is like a, something with the patella tendon. And um, they said, well, you've done this before, haven't you? I was like, I have done this before. Years ago, I was playing a whole lot of basketball and basically doing the same exact motion dislocated my kneecap playing basketball. It was a three-on-three basketball game. And I noticed the difference, though, in the rehab. So the, the second time, when it was the dancing injury, I, it was public masses were coming back. I was just annoyed and frustrated that I had to deal with this injury. I was bothered by it. I was a bit bitter and angry. Like, I'm tr we got to do all of this to try to get, you know, all these restrictions and everything. I was just frustrated by the whole thing. I noticed the first time, though, when I was playing, it was the basketball injury, the response was, I got to get better so I can play basketball. We've, I've got a, we've got a big tournament that we're actually going to play in. I've got to get better so that I can play the game well. And there was a big difference there between, I just don't want to be bothered with this, it's annoying, versus, I want to actually play well. I want to actually get healthy so that I can go out and play basketball well. And that was, that was the difference, just noticing that, that happening. Having an injury and, want, and why I wanted it to be better. And injuries and healings are always part of our Lord's ministry, are always parts of things that happen in, in his life. And especially in today's gospel, we get just an absolutely beautiful healing. As Jesus is approaching this village, and you can almost picture this, Jesus has got his crew, and as they're walking up to the village, ten lepers just kind of pop up. And you think, what? they're waiting on the outskirts of the village because they're not allowed to go in. And they say, Jesus, have pity on us. They've probably heard the healings that he's done before. They've probably heard the way he's raised a paralytic or maybe other lepers that are healed, and they want to be fixed. They want to be healed. And we could all empathize with that. And Jesus tells them, go show yourself to the priests, which in the Old Testament, that was what you had to do because the priest would say, okay, you don't have leprosy anymore. You can be part of the community. You can worship with us again. And then, of course, as they're going, 
they're all healed. And we hear that one of them, realizing that he's been healed, comes back. And you could imagine, he's, he's praising God in a loud voice. They could probably hear him coming from a long way. They hear this man that's been healed coming back. And as he does, he falls at the, knee, at, at the feet of Jesus. He kneels down before him and thanks God for what's happened. And he's the only one. So you think, well, what happened to the other nine? Like, did they not see this other guy peel off and come back to the Lord? Or maybe they just were like, sweet, I'm not a leper anymore. I don't have to be bothered by it just to notice the same difference in the, the two groups of people. The one single guy who is healed and comes back and loves God well. And the others, and this is of course reading between the lines a little bit, just don't have to be bothered with their leprosy anymore. They're healed and they just, they don't have to worry about it anymore. And so it's like, sweet, I can move on with my life. And we look at this in our own lives because in, in some way, and maybe in many ways, all of us need Jesus to heal us. Whether it's particular sins we struggle with, maybe it's shame that we carry, maybe it's lust, maybe it's anger, gossip, you think of any of these deadly sins, or maybe it's wounds that we've carried for years. Maybe somebody's hurt us and we've struggled to let it go. Maybe we struggle with rejection that we feel like we get all the time, or the shame, or maybe just a confusion that always exists in our life. And we've got these, this pain whether it's sins or whether it's wounds, and we want to say the same thing that these lepers said. Jesus, have pity on me. Have pity on us. Free me from this. And as we're kind of going through this, maybe just the thing to reflect on is, why? Why do we want the Lord to heal us? Why do we want the Lord to transform us? Is it simply because we just don't want to be bothered with it anymore? I'm tired of confessing the same sins over and over. I just wish I didn't have this struggle with sin X or with these rejection wounds or a knee injury. I just don't want to be bothered with the pain of kind of limping around through Mass. Do we not just want to be bothered with it? Or do we want to be healed because we want to love well? Like this man who comes back. He loves God well. He's able to thank him well. He's able to love his God and his neighbor well because he's been healed. Because he no longer has to deal with his leprosy. He's able to love God well. And the same thing's true with our own sins, with our own shortcomings. Why do we want Jesus to free us? Why do we want him to have mercy and forgive us? Is it simply because we don't want to be bothered with him? Or is it actually because we realize it's preventing us from loving him well so that our hearts can be more attuned to him so that we don't play the victim card ever, so we don't get so worried about what's going on in our own life, or maybe we don't get codependent with others. But we want to be healed because we want to love God well, because we realize our sins our wounds, our shortcomings, all the burdens that we carry in our lives prevent us from loving God well. Just like having a knee injury prevented me from doing things well, prevented me from playing basketball well. Why does we want the Lord to heal us so that we can love him well?
And I, I heard a, a story, another, a, another priest who lives in a different state told me this story that kind of highlights all of this. There was a man in his parish that was just really struggling with kind of different forms of, of addiction. And he, he was really, and it just kind of got his life in an absolute mess. And so he and this priest was kind of working with him. And so he, he committed to transformation. So he, he started going to different support groups to help him out. He saw a counselor to kind of work through things. He was going to confession regularly. And as the months went on, he, he got a whole lot of freedom. He wasn't struggling with his addiction as much. And he was feeling like, all right, I don't have to worry about that as much in my life. And one day this man, and he, this man told the story of the priest. He was driving in his truck down the road. And he's got his 11-year-old son with him in the front seat. And they're just driving down the road like they do almost every day. And the son turns to his dad out of the blue, completely unprompted. And he says, I really like the new dad. I really like the way you are now. And of course, the dad hasn't shared his struggles with his 11-year-old son. But what does his son perceive in his father? He perceives that his dad is loving him better. That his dad is more available when his son is struggling with things. That he actually is more attentive to his son's needs. And he says, I like the new dad. His dad had gotten freedom from his sins, from his shortcomings, and was able to love better. Even if he didn't perceive it himself, his son, the one who was 11 years old, and you think, well, he, he doesn't know things. He did. And he noticed that his dad was able to love him in a better way. And he was grateful for that. He was grateful that his dad was more present to him because he was no longer struggling with his wounds, with his sins. And that presents us with this question. Do we want the Lord to heal us? Do we want him to free us from sins? Do we want him to heal the wounds that maybe we've carried our entire lives? And if so, why? And hopefully, and maybe it's not always this way, and we kind of go from one way to the other, but hopefully it's because we want to love others well. We want to be more available to God in our lives, and we want to love our friends, our family member, our kids, our parents in a better way. And when we come with hearts like that, and we say, Jesus, have mercy on me, have pity on me, he will. He'll show us his great love and his great mercy and free us so that we're able to love those in our lives with a pure heart, with a free heart, with a heart that's modeled after Jesus Christ.